0: Engaging customers on a personal level and getting them to keep coming back is every marketer's number one goal. Over 4,000 brands have discovered the secret to reaching millions of consumers and actually getting them to pay attention. Say hello to Attentive, the most comprehensive text message marketing solution. Attentive's platform can take your business to the next level by allowing you to have real-time, personalized conversations with customers via text messaging and build relationships with them in the process. Join industry-leading marketers and learn how you can turn SMS into a top three revenue channel with Attentive. Visit attentivemobile.com rethink to request a demo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Retail Rundown podcast. I can't believe it's already November. Where did this year go? I hope everyone had a great Halloween. I'm your host, Paul Lewis, and today we're bringing you insights straight from Adobe's annual holiday shopping forecast. Joining the show today is Taylor Schreiner. Taylor is the director of Adobe Digital Insights, where he leads the team of data scientists and researchers who dig into Adobe's vast data set to provide consumers, businesses, and policymakers a real-time pulse of the evolving digital economy. Thanks for joining the show, Taylor. Thanks, Paul. I'm happy to be here. So let's dive into this. What are some of the defining trends that Adobe is seen for this holiday season?
1: So it's going to be a unique year. What we're seeing right now is e-commerce demand being extremely high. Consumers want to shop online. Consumers have changed their habits to shopping online. They are expecting deals online. There's a huge amount of demand in the system for e-commerce. But we're also seeing a holiday season that is going to be defined by shortages. It's going to be defined by either the inability to get certain goods or inability to get them at the time that consumers want them or inability to get them to the place they need to go on time. Or even if all those factors aren't at play, they're going to be items that are more expensive than they were even a year ago. And that is dramatically different than anything we've seen, honestly, in the decade that we've been looking at these data. So it's going to be like last year in that we are gonna see massive growth in online spending, but it's gonna be even more of a story of supply shortages and inflation than we even saw last year. Yeah, let's double
0: click down on both of those points. So the first thing is I'm really interested in this growth. I think it's obvious that online you know, e-commerce is continuing to grow and we would expect that, but I'd love to understand a little bit about the growth rate itself. So if we look at past years, you know, 17, 2017, 18, 19, what was the relative growth rate of each year, year over year of the
1: holiday season or e-commerce in general? We started looking at these data, you know, maybe 2014, 2013 in aggregate for the whole holiday season. And basically every year would be somewhere between 12 and 15 percent. A good strong year would be a 15 percent growth. A not as great year might be 12 percent. Last year, we saw 33% year-over-year growth. So it was a rocket boost. COVID wow. was a rocket boost to e-commerce. It made it, it made an enormous difference. And this year, we're expecting 10-ish percent, give or take, going to the holiday season. So if you kind of back of the envelope, that math, you're still looking at a world in which we are basically seeing consumers spending 2022 levels of money in 2021 because of COVID. So if you'd sort of drawn a line from 2013 through 2019 and projected into 2021, you'd expect us to be lower than we are now. In fact, you wouldn't expect us to spend this much until 2022. COVID gave us a year of e-commerce boost, and we still have it. Now, you might look at the 10% growth that we're going to see over last year and say, "Mm, is that slower growth? My take on this is is marginally slower growth. I mean, maybe a couple percentage points slower than you might expect in a off year in the before times. But really, it's a tiny correction on top of what we're really seeing, which is a continuation of growth of e-commerce. Consumers are not going back to the old ways of shopping. They have seen curbside pickup. They have seen moving more of their convenience shopping and staple shopping like uh, grocery online, and they're sticking with it. So I guess the direct answer to your question is we don't see any decline in growth rates for a while yet. And we expect e-commerce to bank that boost that we got out of COVID and just keep going. Yeah, no, that makes
0: perfect sense. And if you kind of do some time normalization and just take these two years in aggregate, you know, if we say we had a 33% and a 10% growth rate, we're still, you know, at 20 plus percent growth rate compared to the the 12 to 15. So, you know, it's almost double. What it's been. And I totally agree with you. I don't think consumers are going back. Once I saw my mother begin to shop online, I knew that the world had profoundly changed. And I think I read an article one time uh, in psychology that talked about how long does it take for some new behavior to become a habit. And it was anywhere from, you know, 12 days to 200 days on kind of the outset. And we've definitely passed the 200 day mark. So I feel like, you know, the new habits, whether that's your grocery shopping or your holiday shopping are here to stay you know once people get used to the convenience of those things there's no going
1: back i agree yeah and in fact i expect to see this continue to shift one thing we saw last year we saw curbside pickup for instance so people shopping online but just getting their fulfillment at a store functionally an online transaction with just you know delivery being i'm going to go drive over and pick it up and last year we saw a record level of that around christmas and honestly after that we kind of took our eyes off the ball we said okay You know, let's go back and look at these numbers again, middle of the year. When we look back in the middle of this year, the percentage of transactions, of online transactions that were being fulfilled as curbside pickup was as high as that record was in December. And that's in August. So we're going to see not only a transformation of e-commerce in terms of, you know, people just getting things drop shipped but also a transformation in the way that they even do their brick and mortar retail shopping. And that's going yeah, to continue to move that in that direction.
0: Yeah, it's true for me. Uh, again, I always like when I can bring things home. I know that I was just at a grocery shop uh, a month and a half ago talking about what's happened in, in grocery and then as well as my own grocery experience. And I think grocers have been slow to move into an e-commerce model. They see it primarily in store and, and e-commerce was sort of an afterthought. Now it's it's obviously front and center. And I know personally, my grocery shopping is now, you know, primarily online. Every once in a while, there's the, oh, I forgot something. Let me run to the store. But the bulk of it is uh, curbside pickup or direct delivery all the way.
1: And well, you're not the only one, Paul, we're seeing that across the board. And frankly, one of the things that we're sort of directionally seeing here as uh, we got through October is that groceries got one of the strongest uplifts of any category among the categories that we look at. And what's happening there is a transformation of Halloween. People are not just buying their regular groceries online, but they're thinking, oh, do I really have to make a run to the store and, and buy you know, a bag of candy? Or can I just add that in? All my holiday purchases when it comes to groceries are also going into that, either buy online, pick up in store, or even home delivery options. And it's really transforming the way that consumers shop for groceries. And as you say, groceries are you know, year two now into the pandemic really adapting to that set of preferences that the consumers are showing. Yeah, no, agreed. I wanted to also come
0: back, circle back to the point you started talking about supply chain. And one of the things I love when we have Adobe on the show is you guys have so much great data and insights Mm -hmm. and, you know, obviously we're hearing a lot about supply chain issues. But it's hard to bring that into, you know, from qualitative information
1: into quantitative information. I wonder if you have some insights on that as well. Oh, yeah. This has been something that we've paid a lot of attention to this year, obviously, you know, and we get to see the consumer end of, as you say, all these shipping challenges across the Pacific and all of the trucking challenges and the delivery challenges that we see. We get to see what it really means for the consumer. And so far, what we see are are two things. One is you're going to be seeing about Five times, four to five times as many out-of-stock pages as you saw maybe two years ago. You're you're used to shopping and seeing occasionally, oh, maybe this thing isn't around. You're gonna see that about five times as often. That doesn't mean that as a consumer, you're gonna see, you know, you're not gonna be able to get access to all those goods. It, it might mean that you just have to shop around a little bit more in a number of cases, but it's gonna be harder. It's gonna take more time. And that's gonna mean that consumers are gonna have to think about their shopping differently. They're gonna have to make a list. That's what I've done. I made a list of things that I absolutely need to get. And I don't care if I get the deepest discount on them. And, you know, now at the beginning of November is the time to do that. And then another list that is, I'm flexible either on timing or particular product. And, you know, I'll wait till the big sales hit later. You mentioned that you're doing some things
0: now. And that's another thing that's been in the news a lot. Are you starting your holiday shopping now? Are other, and and maybe not so much, are you are you seeing that other people are starting their ho- holiday shopping at the beginning of November, that they're not waiting? You know, Black Friday inches a little bit forward every year. Are we seeing it now really being right now, the first of November,
1: this starting? Oh, that's a good question. And it's important. I'm terrible at this. I don't do my shopping early. I, I get I talk about this all year long and I tell people to do their shopping early and hang up the phone or I stop talking about it and I, I don't do my shopping. So. I'm the worst example here. But broadly speaking, yeah, we've seen an acceleration in sales toward the end of October. The big question that is hard to tease apart right now is, is that part of a trend that's always been there? So Halloween has always been accelerating in terms of online shopping, or is that pulling forward November sales? So far, largely, it seems that this is really good Halloween season for retail, but it's a good Halloween season because of Halloween, and that we haven't seen a massive pulling forward of sales from Thanksgiving. That said, as you say, discounts and offers have all started to come earlier and earlier in the year. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if now that we're past the trick-or-treating season, we see a lot more deals coming and a lot more early November sales happening. Yes, I agree. And it sounds like...
0: uh... You're a little an example of uh, the shoemakers' kids have no shoes. You you don't necessarily uh, practice what yeah, you're preaching, true. but uh, but you know again, I I think that that's another interesting takeaway from what you said is that Halloween was strong because that's another possibility, right? That people are like, hey, there's going to be less Halloween activities this year, less parties, costume parties, kids, candy, all those elements could be reduced given the current situation. So the fact that we're still seeing pretty strong sales is a good indication that people are coming back in a real way.
1: Yeah. Halloween is definitely here. And, you know, as a parent of kids who are able to be vaccinated now, I think, you know, the kids portion of shopping and the kids party portion of shopping and the the social interactions that you have to go buy groceries for and, and apparel for, those are only going to accelerate going into the next year.
0: And let's talk about what are the
1: product categories that you're
0: really seeing an, an increase for? And, and if you have any, you know, reasons or thoughts behind what's
1: driving that? It's an interesting question. And every category has a slightly different answer. We certainly see things like toys, groceries, video games. Those things, are electronics even, are all seeing very strong growth here in October. And for good reason. I mean, toys are, are part of the Halloween shopping season. And people know that buying toys early is going to be important because there are a fair number of potential shortages looming out there. Electronics are are always going to be a big portion of any holiday shopping season. Video games, we expect to see a lot of traffic in video games this season, especially as other material goods see shortages. So it's very easy to say, look, I can't get exactly what I want in terms of a material product, but I can definitely get somebody a piece of software that's easily replicable. So those are expected and they are strong. And groceries, as I mentioned before, is also very strong as people are buying their party goods and their, their Halloween candy. Everything is growing. But the places where we're not seeing as much strength right now, apparel, baby products are two of the ones that strike me. Or in sporting goods. Those are the top three categories for which we see out of stock pages. They're the categories that give me pause and make me think, hmm, maybe some of these supply challenges may hold back certain categories going into the holiday season. I don't think we can be definitive about that yet. But it's something that we're definitely keeping an eye on. Yeah. And
0: I wonder, you know, as we look at grocery being strong, I think we also have to look at if restaurants are Mm. coming back up. Right. Is it a shift of more people cooking at home due to, again, new habits that are formed, not necessarily current concerns, but more about the habits of like, hey, I started cooking for myself and uh, or my family and it was actually great. So I think there could be some elements there. And then when I think about apparel, again, I always think of my personal situation and it feels like I have to dress for different, whether it's social or business, I have to worry a little bit less about what I dress like. So I'm probably a bit more out of fashion than in years past. And I wonder if that's, causing additional drag on top of supply challenges.
1: Well, I got to tell you, my favorite thing I get to dress for is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. Um, Yeah, I I think that, you know, as you say, consumers are really changing the way that they shop and what they're shopping for. Things are going to keep changing at a pace. Vaccines are going to change the world that we live in. Office openings are going to change the world that we live in. Return to travel is going to change the world that we live in. You know, we currently see Thanksgiving bookings, you know, not that far off of what we would have expected in previous years. And so that'll transform what people need to shop for and how they think about buying both goods and experiences as gifts for people in the holiday season. What do you think about physical retailer? Do you have any thoughts or, or insights
0: there? Is that coming back in a big way too? Or is now, again, that habits have moved to e-commerce that that is, you know, impacted still or continuing?
1: One thing I can say definitively is that if you are a retailer who can use your retail space as a distribution hub, then you know you have an advantage. So we see consumers, as you mentioned earlier, we see consumers wanting to do curbside pickup, wanting to get things same day. And if you've got a, you know, particularly a big box store, but any operation where you can have consumers come by and, and pick up the goods, that really works for their preferences. Other retailers where there are showrooming opportunities, that makes a big difference. There are definitely products that you want to see and engage in person. Those kind of niche elements are, are hard to lose, but It's hard to imagine a world in which retail broadly grows faster than e-commerce. E-commerce is going to take share from overall retail over the course of the season. That means that while there may be room for brick and mortar retail to grow in that space, but not nearly as fast as we expect e-commerce to grow.
0: And I love some of the points you brought up about becoming a bit of the warehouse the distribution hub on a few levels one of the companies that I just have so much respect for is best buy i think that they you know went through there was a number of competitors who actually went out of business and best buy certainly went through their their struggles but they came out of it stronger with new models where they're partnering with a lot of the suppliers and making it that showroom warehouse distribution i watched them pivot on a dime for you know, buy online, you know, pick up in store, and uh, you know, curbside pickup to support the pandemic. I think they've just done a really, you know, great job. Obviously, the future is always indeterminate, but I think it's an example that you can transform. And that brings me, I think, to the larger point, which is I know that transformation is the overused buzzword, and that we hear it just, just way too much. But I honestly believe for retail across the board, this is the time of the biggest transformation, right? Like the (laughs) pandemic set all the right perfect storm, if you will, of all the right elements where you really have to now look at your business and rethink, like, what does it mean? Is it the fact that I'm close enough to consumers to get that delivery in under an hour? Does that start to be an edge? Is it the experience of coming in the store? How integrated is my physical stores to... Uh, digital, so that when people are looking for a product that's hard to find, they can see that it's actually in stock at my store. You know, stores have notoriously had problems of not having the inventory that they think are is on their shelves, right? So getting finally. that finally right, all those are just huge opportunities to transform the business. And I think that the retailers who do are going to reap incredible rewards, and the ones that stick their head in the sand. going to find themselves in, in dire circumstances if they're not careful
1: i would agree with that paul i think the way that i've thought about it is uh like mr miyagi from karate kid you can commit to convenience and fulfillment and you commit to that and you've got a winning operation you can commit to the experience of being in the store and you can have a winning operation if you try and do too many things or if you try to be too many things to too many people you, you know, as you said, squish like grape, right? Like it's not a <laughs> work. people who don't have really defined business models that meet very specific consumer needs for an audience that is devoted to them are going to have a hard time. Very well said. I can't top a Mr. Miyagi quote. So
0: <laughs> I think that's a good one, you know, to go out on Taylor. It has been great having you on the show as always. Adobe brings so much insights and data and perspective on this rapidly changing industry. So we just really appreciate you sharing that with us today. Thank you, Paul. It's always
1: a privilege to talk to you.
0: You've been listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. If you would like to be considered as a guest on our show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. For sponsorship opportunities, send us an email at media at rethink.industries. You can help support our team at Rethink Retail by dropping us a rating and review on your iTunes podcast app. To each and every one of you, thanks so much for tuning in. Retail never sleeps. See you next week.